Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, January the 24th, 2023. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, contrite, which means feeling or showing sorrow or remorse. Contrite. I hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday, uh, some sorts of a beginning of the work week. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. I sure did. Uh, I had to work a little bit. But um, outside of that, it was a pretty good weekend. It had a little rain. That's about it. It is going to be some more rain tomorrow. Tomorrow, so much so, they're saying uh, rain with severe thunderstorms, possibly, likely, chances are. We're just having that type of winter where we're getting all the rain and mild weather and temperature, but no snow. Welcome to the South. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. If you're waiting on some snow here in North Carolina, in this part of North Carolina, uh, you might be waiting a long time. Yeah, that just doesn't happen like that. Just doesn't, just doesn't. But uh, like I said, we've been having rain. It's been raining like every other day. And tomorrow we're, we're expected to get some more. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're saying they're, going, they're they're saying there's going to be some more rain coming in Sunday, going into Monday. Wow, just wow. Uh, temperatures are pretty mild in the 50s, upper mid to upper 50s. Hey, I, I'll take that in comparison. I just will. I just will. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I haven't been up here on a, in a while with you guys. Uh, I wasn't up here. I only did one podcast last week. I apologize for that. Extremely busy, busy, busy week. And uh, I'm going to get some more out this week. Uh, hold me to it. I promise you. I will. I just will. I just will. But I haven't been up here in a while. And a lot has happened. Uh, NFL playoffs. It, it's, it has dwindled down. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, you know, let, let's go back a little bit if we can. Uh, last week or last Monday to be more specific. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cowboys put a hurting on them. They showed up and showed out. Dak showed out. Put a hurting on them. Old football Tommy, the gate. Didn't look so good. Didn't look so promising. In fact, many are asking or questioning or flat out saying he should go ahead and retire. He looked so disheveled and out of place. And he did. It was on his face. It was his body chemistry, his mechanics. His throwing was off. His uh, reading of the defense was off. And the Cowboys took advantage. They took advantage. And they won. That was. <laughs> Until Sunday. <laughs> Until Sunday. Uh, that game everybody had been waiting for, it happened. It went down. Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys lost. <laughs> 12 to 19. 49ers put a hurting on them. Now, it was a close scoring game. And, it, and for the first half, it was pretty much close. It was anybody's game. There were field goals. Uh, Dallas field goal kicker. Wow. Buddy, you go. <laughs> you go. You are. You are. Uh, despite missing a few, uh, it's no wonder the Cowboys, uh, the game didn't get away from, from them. 
Uh, the only saving grace outside, you know, was the fact that uh, 49ers couldn't get into the end zone in that first half. It was the only saving grace because that field goal kicker, they could have had more points and, and, and it could have went totally different. But Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, he was a catalyst. He was the failure. He was. He looked horrible. He, he just did. He just did. Um, man, he threw two picks. And in those two picks, he threw the ball right to the defenders. And I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy isn't even reading the defense. He's too far alone in his NFL career to be throwing picks like that. I could see if you throw the ball in a quick DB or cornerback or safety sprints and, and intercepts, but you're throwing in the double coverage and, and those guys are just sitting there with their hands open. So they picked him twice. Man, yeah, Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, you might be gone, and you might need to go, because uh, you know I jokingly say the Cowboys do this every year. That infamous, and I do mean infamous, skin flop. But that Sunday, wow, uh, he Dak Prescott played hard. He just did. He he played so bad, man. The, the the receivers, you know, they they yeah, there was a few instances when 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 you know they they dropped some balls, but for the most part, a lot of those balls, if thrown correctly, they were catchable. And, and like I said, the only saving grace was the fact that the 49ers couldn't get into the end zone in the first half. That that game could have been gone, gone, gone. But they picked, they threw some uh he threw some interceptions. They picked them off. And and the 49ers uh, offense, for whatever reason, just couldn't get in the end zone. But that second half, they put it together. They just did. A third-string rookie quarterback by the name of Purdy shocked the Cowboys. He pulled it off. He just did. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys? <laughs> Those Cowboy fans, boy, they're going through it. They're going through it. Pray for them. We want to pray for the Cowboy fans because they are hurt. Some are hurt. Some are livid. Some are just disheveled, disgruntled. Anything you can think of to say that their feelings are hurt, they are. They are. I know how you guys feel. Hell, I'm a Bears fan. I ain't got too much to celebrate or talk trash about either. But, man, with all that talent, in Dallas, there's no reason that they should be, you know, not making it further, if not even if not going to the Super Bowl. I I just don't see it. There's too much talent there. The defense, wow, the defense played, and they played their hearts out. I give them their props now. That defense is stellar. I don't think there needs to be any movement on that defense. You keep those guys and tune it up. But the theory of a strong defense makes a strong offense, it didn't work for the Cowboys. Strong defense, it, it, it just showed. Uh, I personally think those guys stayed out there on the field too long because it seemed like, man, whenever the Cowboys came, it was either three or four out. They were, they were out. Defense was right back on the field. And they still stood up, they stood up and they handled their business. That defense is stellar. Uh, Michael Parsons and, and those guys, 
they are. From the Rudy to the Tootie, they, they, I could see why they said they were one of the top-notch defense in the NFL this year. They are. They just are. There's no change that needs to be made to that defense. But that offense, <laughs> starting with that quarterback and, and your field goal kicker, uh, you, you guys got some – the Cowboys got some work to do in the offseason. Uh, but fear not, because uh, they have a backup. Uh, uh, Cooper Rush, like I said before, when Cooper Rush was at the helm, the Cowboys, they looked like a totally different team. They looked like they could go to the Super Bowl. And they looked like they were on their way to the Super Bowl. But Dak Prescott came back. Mr. Interception. Guy led the league in interceptions. That's a bad, bad sign. When your quarterback, Leads the league in interceptions. And you paid him uh, however many millions over however many years. He ain't produced. He ain't produced nothing. I, I still couldn't figure it out like many of you out there. I'm sure you said uh, when I heard how much they paid him, I was thinking to myself, Dak Prescott's not worth all that, is he? And maybe he has something that uh, I don't know about. You and I don't know about. I didn't see it. I just didn't see it this, this season. I'm sorry. I just didn't. I just didn't. Um, anyway, the Cowboys are out. Let's move along here. Uh, Saturday, let's go back even further. Saturday, the Jacksonville Jaguars played the uh, Kansas City on again, off again Chiefs. Looks like the Chiefs are on again. Uh, Chiefs won 27-20. Patrick Mahomes, uh, he got hurt. They thought he was out. They bought in the uh, backup. He did well. And then that's what. Well, Patrick Mahomes was on the sidelines first half after he got hurt. He was trying to tell them, hey, I could come back, I come back. They were like, no way, sit down. We're evaluating, reevaluating. So it, it came out on he came out in the second half and he just did what he did. He's the Mr. Uh, Mr. Magic Man, I guess. <laughs> on a bump. Uh, apparently he has a high ankle sprain. So he came back with that ankle sprain hobbling, hobbling around. And he got it done. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, they uh, they fought. But the youth and inexperience show. Uh, don't close the book on the Jaguars just yet. Just don't. Trevor Lawrence, uh, like I said before, he is very poised. Of course, he rushes and harries. He's, he's a young uh, player. Uh, what is it? One or two years in the league, I believe. Don't close the book on the Jaguars. Look for them. They're going to be around. They just are. Just are. And then on Sunday, another shock. This was the first shocker before the Cowboys 49ers game. Game The uh, Bengals and the Bills. The Bills lost. In Buffalo. In the snow. How odd is that? Yeah, they lost. 27-10. to uh, Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals. That's another young quarterback. Look for him. Don't close the book. Don't blink your eyes. And it appears now that he, he he may be on his way to the Super Bowl. But he's going to be playing the Chiefs, Mr. Magic Man, Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City on again, off again, Chiefs. So coming up this Sunday is going to be the uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chiefs. And on the NFC side is going to be the Eagles. The Eagles won. They beat the Giants 38-7. Giants, the previous week, they had a beautiful game, a stellar game. They showcased all their talents. But they can only get seven points on the board Sunday against Jalen Hurts and company. So we'll see what happens with that Eagles 49ers game. Two good quarterbacks in both the NFC and AFC. 
Sunday's going to be uh, yes football for me again. It appears I may be off. So I will be tuned in. Just will. Just will. I don't know what I'm going to do when uh, the season ends. I just don't. I just don't. And also, uh, I believe it's this weekend or, or maybe next week, weekend, uh, the NFL Pro Bowl is going to take place. Flag football. What in the world is that? Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned <laughs> flag football. Wow, really? Uh, times have changed, maybe. There, there's a lot of uh, money out there on that field, so they want to protect those players. But isn't that your job? Isn't that your business? I, I'm still not understanding the flag football, but yeah, uh, it's either this weekend or maybe next weekend, I believe. I believe it's uh, right before the Super Bowl. The Pro Bowl is going to happen. It appears they're going to be playing flag football. Hmm. Interesting. I'd like to see how this goes. <laughs> I just would. I just would. Uh, I don't know about the flag football thing. Uh, it ain't my bag. It ain't my bag. Uh, played that a little bit. When I was, of uh, course, coming along, but uh, I, I never thought in a million years I would be seeing professional NFL players playing flag football. Like I said, there's a lot of money, a lot of talent on that field. They want to protect them and keep them safe. Get it, got it, and understand it. And certainly with all this uh, uh, concussion protocol going on for, for a lot of these players, um, I can certainly understand it. I just can't. I just can't. But, uh, wow. I'll watch. But I ain't no guarantee I'm going to sit there and watch all of it. <laughs> if I want to watch flag football, I can go out in town and watch some of these pickup games uh, out here in the local parks or whatever, what have you. Uh, just not a fan of seeing professional football players play flag football. That's just me. That's just me. All right. Let's go get it. You know, uh, last week, uh, before I had my hiatus, I talked to you guys. I told you I was going to be doing a podcast and I was going to uh, dedicate it to uh, the suicide in the uh, military, more specifically the Navy. Yeah, the numbers are up. The Navy has had uh, an increase in suicides, sailors committing suicides. Uh, well, the military as a whole is, is experiencing uh, a bevy of problems. You got uh, suicide numbers up. You got drug use and drug abuse and drug dealing up. You, you got recruitment numbers that are low. They can't recruit people. Our uh, military and our defense is, is in, uh, I don't want to say dire needs or dire, uh, uh, dire straits, but uh, it's getting awfully, awfully close. It looks like it's heading in that direction. It just does. Now, uh, the, as it goes for the Navy, uh, man, you know, if, if you guys follow me on Anchor, before I jumped over here to YouTube, I did a couple of podcasts where I talked about the uh, the drug dealing in the in, in the uh, military, especially here in North Carolina at a Army base, Fort Bragg, to be more specific, that has been renamed, of course. I, I don't even know the name of this. Uh, I just don't. Uh, you, you know, you, you had the drug use, drug abuse there. Then I did another podcast. Uh, for the Navy, the suicide numbers, there was a story of a, a young man or young woman or young men and young women that were uh, stationed aboard uh, uh, aircraft carrier George Washington, and, and they had like six suicides. 
um, dating back to like April of last year. So the, the numbers came in the latter part of last year, and they don't look good. They just don't. Uh, the Navy, they had 70 sailors die by suicide in 2020. That's up from 59 in 2021 and also up from 65 in 2020. Now, all of this has spurred a heightened sense of urgency. Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. That, that, that That's a huge problem. Your, 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 your military personnel are, are committing suicide. Now, oh, I'm sorry, I most, I misspoke. Uh, the George Washington back in, in uh, April of last year, they had three suicides in the span of six days back in April of 2022. But the odd thing about that, the, the George Washington isn't underway. It's not out to sea. It's sitting in the shipyards in Newport News, Virginia. Now, in that story that I talked about, uh, the the young the, the sailor said that 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 I believe it was a female. She said she was uh, so overwhelmed with the 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 Navy life, being in the shipyard. She was required to, you know, uh, be on fire watch, and and, and it required uh, however many hours, and then she had, would have to go back and do her regular duties, and and, and the the constant bombardment of trying to get her to do her job, and and then. She had to contend with that that fire watch. Understandable, you know, if you know the military way of life or, or the Navy more specifically, it is a daunting task. You are required and you are expected to put in work. You just are. That's just the Navy. It just is. She said that she uh, certainly didn't uh, anticipate that when she signed up. That goes back to recruitment, doesn't it? The recruiters aren't mentally preparing uh, these new recruits for the Navy. I mean, I could tell you firsthand as a Navy vet, when I wanted to enlist back in uh, 92, of course, you know, I went to the Navy recruiter and he gave me all the spiel, all the bells and whistles and stars and sunshine and rainbows about where I was going to go, the fun I was going to have, the foreign and exotic places. So I was hooked. But the one thing, or, or several, there were several things, uh, had it not been for me having family members that were in other branches of the military, you know, the Marine, the Army, the Air Force, even had uh, a family member that was in the Navy years ago before I came along, had it not been for that one in particular family member that got in my ear <laughs> and flat out told me, he served in the Marines, by the way, that out told me, he said, man, whatever that Navy recruiter told you, don't you believe it. Yeah, you are going to see some great places. You're going to meet some great people. You're going to have some good times. And in, in between time, in the meantime, you're going to grind. They are going to eat you up. And they just have to because you're in the military. They have to make sure that you are military ready at all times. They can't have you getting out in the fleet and falling apart. Well, it appears now these sailors aren't even getting out in the fleet. And when I say getting out in the fleet, I mean getting underway. They're in the shipyards and they're falling apart. This goes back to recruitment. I'm sorry. And maybe it is a societal thing or how people are raised. But this goes back to recruitment. Uh, I don't think the recruiters are being fair and honest with people when they, um, they, they recruit them. Just like with me, like I said, had I not... Had someone in my ear telling me, look here, man, you're not, it's a grind, homie. 
you're going to grind because <laughs> they're going to eat you to pieces. And they did. They did. Uh, the same things uh, this young lady and those young men explain as, as far as the adjustment to military life versus civilian life, whether it be you've been out in civilian the civilian world for a while or whether you're like myself and most of these new recruits fresh out of high school at 18, it's a huge, huge adjustment. If you're not prepared mentally, it will shake your foundation. You will falter. That's the military. Just is. So uh, I, I can understand completely where this young lady and those other sailors and, and those other uh, military personnel are coming, young military personnel are coming from. I, I lived it. I did. I lived it. And, and yeah, when I got in there, I, I had my moments. <laughs> I had moments. Let me tell you. All that screaming and hollering and, and push-up position and this and that and jumping and running and grabbing and tearing my stuff up. Hey, they have to prepare you for the fleet. You have to be prepared for what comes your way. Because if you're not prepared, you're out there in the fleet or you're out there in a battle and you fall apart, you can get yourself hurt or killed or you can get someone else hurt or killed. Or you can mess up some military, uh, uh, military equipment. However many million dollars that is. And that's a big no, no. Yeah, they can't have that. They can't have you screwing up that equipment because you're falling apart. That's another side of it. That's why I say it's a, it's a huge adjustment. And, and, and you've got to be mentally strong. More importantly, you got to be mentally prepared. you got to know what you're getting ready to deal with. Um, like I said, if I didn't have that family member in my ear telling me, man, you forget everything that damn recruit just told you. He lied. <laughs> he lied to you. Oh, you getting ready to get your hand to you. So I, I, I think wholeheartedly a lot of these uh, young sailors and, and these young military personnel, they aren't being told the full story. That's what I mean when I say the recruitment process. Um, now, this report that, that came down, it, it, it talked about how um, it wanted to bring awareness to the mental health of, of the sailors on board the, the George Washington. And what it discovered was that the George Washington's uh, psychologists and its behavioral health technicians were overwhelmed. So much so that when these uh, sailors came to uh, get that mental health that they needed, there was a backlog. So they were ended up waiting upwards of uh, three to four weeks or four to six weeks for an appointment, for an initial appointment. So before they could even get seen, they had to wait four or six weeks before they can go in there to start the evaluation process to see if they indeed had a mental problem and it needed to be addressed. The George Washington has been in the shipyard since uh, 2017, by the way. George Washington is an aircraft carrier, a mini city. There's so much to do. I always wanted to be uh, be stationed on an aircraft carrier, but I never got the chance. I never, I never was uh, fortunate enough to have that happen to me. Yeah. I always wanted to be on an aircraft carrier. If you know anything about aircraft carriers, they are mini cities. They just are. They, they, they got any and everything you could ever possibly want. You never have to leave the ship. So they've been in the shipyard since 2017, and, and they're realizing that they have a, a huge problem with mental health because in that story I talked to you guys about back here, back when, uh, it came out that those people, 
that were on board the Washington at that time, excuse me, try to get the notes together, they were experiencing a huge mental health problems that they trace back to being work related. Like I told you, that young lady said that the, the, the fire watches, the having to do duty, your regular duty, it was just overwhelming. So uh, if there's anything like I remember, uh, we were underway when this happened and, and we were in the shipyard also. Well, it more specifically came from when you were underway, but it looks like here in this instance, these young recruits are experiencing in the shipyard. Now, when I say the shipyard, if you don't know, the shipyard is when the ship, after a deployment, uh, they have to go into the yards to get the repair, maintenance, upkeep of the ship, especially the engine room. And in this case, uh, the, the Wash George Washington flight deck maintenance and repair, engine room uh, maintenance and repair, uh, whatever, what have you. So you go into the shipyard and, and yard, and you have uh, civilians, uh, ship work, shipboard workers that are coming aboard. They're doing their job, you know, the welders or whatever, or framers or whatever, or what have you. So you have to stand fire watch because, I mean, with with those uh, those welding tools and torches or whatever, there's always a high chance that something will happen and there will be a fire. So. These recruits aboard the George Washington, they're so overworked and overwhelmed in their day-to-day -day dealings in military life that a lot of them apparently committed suicide, or a few of them committed suicide. There are more numbers, uh, I think there are more numbers that are going to come out. And this isn't just happening aboard the George Washington. This is happening throughout the Navy. This is happening throughout the military as a whole. Now, suicides is one problem. But the second problem, I talked to you guys on the podcast, and this has came back up also, that um, on that podcast I did back in October, I believe, about the drug use and the drug abuse here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, at Fort Bragg, they experienced an uptick. They were overwhelmed, or are overwhelmed. Because one thing that happened, if you don't know anything about Fort Bragg, these are Army soldiers uh, from the Special Forces Unit, the Green Berets, and, and then you have the paratroopers. So this is our first line of defense. When something jumps off, we send those guys in there first. But apparently, on Fort Bragg, and the barracks even, they have drug abuse problem, drug use problem. They have a drug dealing problem also. So is it that the uh, civilians are somehow, some way coming on base dealing drugs, or is it those enlisted or maybe officers, personnel dealing drugs? Yeah. How does it sound? As crazy as it is to, to, to fathom, yeah. It's probably those military personnel. I I, I don't know. Well, I do know. Uh, you as a civilian, you and I as a, as a civilian, we can't just walk into that military base. We got to have an escort. So maybe there's somebody from the military that's escorting them on there. Civilians just can't walk into a military installation. They just can't. They just can't. Now, what came out and what they said at that time, and they're reiterating again, that in the past two years, they've experienced an increase in overdoses from Fort Bragg. They're saying that the numbers are, are, are so high that it is more than the training injuries or deaths that they experienced. They've had 41 suicides. They've had 21 drug overdoses and alcohol deaths. And they have it, they've had seven combat 
training injuries also. So those 41 suicides and, and that 21 drug overdose and alcohol abuse, there you go. That's the problem the Army is facing. It's going on across the military as a whole. It, it encompasses Navy, Army, Marines, uh, Air Force, Coast Guard, National Guard, you name it. There's a huge problem. Now, what really spurred that was there was an independent investigator, investigative reporter, that he's written three stories in the Rolling Stones. So he's putting those military personnel at Fort Bragg on blast. He put it out there into the atmosphere. He let it know. And there were apparently uh, sometime last year, there was a, a young man here in, in Fayetteville. They found him dead in his off base apartment dead from a suicide and his mother came out and said that there was there really wasn't nothing done there was no questioning there was no looking into there was no investigation it was just he died by suicide didn't say if it, it was a drug overdose or, or he used a firearm to kill himself just said he died by suicide or, or if he hung himself uh, that never came out so what does the army do what what are the, the higher ups doing? Uh, they've now been placed on heightened alert, and they flat out been put on blast. I mean, with uh, with the uh, uh, from 2020 to 2021, with 109 active duty service members deaths that stem from drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, the drug use, to uh, suicide and combat training, all that combined. And the majority of it is suicide. They got a problem. They got a huge problem. But what they're tackling in and horning in on is that drug use and drug abuse on the military installation in those barracks. Because apparently a few of those, uh, those drug overdoses happen on base in the barracks. So what are they doing? They're, uh, they have increased urinalysis. Uh, they increased training for those in the uh, upper up to spot the signs of, of, of those that are, are experiencing uh, drug problems or having a mental breakdown. Uh, of course, that includes the training for the military police, yeah. Uh, in the last year, they've created uh, what they're saying. They've created a focus group that meets two times a month to the, discuss the response to the problem. They have to. You know, uh, if there's one thing I can say, uh, what has really, 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 or what really needs to come out and what really needs to be told, especially as it relates to these drugs. Because uh, the drug overdoses, a lot of those, and it mirrors society now, is from heroin use. Now, some time ago, you know, back when I did that podcast, I told you guys also, uh, and go over to Anchor, by the way, you can, you can hear those podcasts. I told you that I was fumbling around on YouTube one day and I stumbled on this guy. He had several videos and this one particular video, he talked about how when there's a war, all out war, after the war, when service members return, there's an influx of drug use, drug abuse, and drugs being brought into the country. Apparently, our military personnel our soldiers, a lot of them get hooked when they go overseas and fight these wars. You can go back to World War II. That was cocaine. 
Korean and the Vietnam War, that was heroin. So, not saying <laughs> that that's the catalyst, but it does make an interesting uh, point. And with these numbers and, and now these findings that these soldiers and sailors, the sailors is more mental health, but these soldiers here at Fort Bragg and many other military installations throughout the United States are, uh, they're finding out they're drug addicts. They're abusing drugs, cocaine and heroin. That, that can't be disputed. Uh, we had a war. We spent, what, 20 some odd years in Afghanistan. And if you don't know what Afghanistan is known for, it ain't just known for the Taliban. It's known for its poppy fields, which, which is an active ingredient, ingredient in the making of heroin. Same thing with the Vietnam War. Poppy fields. Korea, I think Korea was more or less the transport, the transporting where they would get it from Vietnam and then bring it through Korea somehow, someway, something like that. Uh, I, I'm really not too clear on that. But that fact does raises your eyebrow, does make you think. So the Army personnel, uh, the higher-ups, they are aware of what's going on. So they're, they're going to have to increase that those urinalysis, like they said. They're going to have to bring in uh, uh, more training for their own military personnel. They just have to. There's no way around it. You got you got a, hu a huge problem if, if if these soldiers are on base using drugs. That screams about our defense as well. What in the world are we going to do as a defense if our sailors have a mental health or have mental health problems? If our soldiers are doped up? I don't mean to put it out there like that, but that's the reality of it. Now, I'm sure many may come out and say, well, it's not that. Anytime you got military personnel that are using drugs on active duty, or anytime you have your uh, Navy personnel that are experiencing mental health problems, so much to the, the point that they're committing suicide, that's a problem. There's your defense. That's your defense. The military. That's first line of defense if, if for any event that someone tries to invade. If you don't have your defense strong mentally and physically, hey, if you're thinking they can't happen, there's a lot of things that's happened in 49 years I've been on this earth that I said I, I that'll never happen or I can't believe that happened that has happened. If it's not handled and handled now, what are you going to do? Wait until the, it blows up and then start running around scrambling, trying to find and figure out how you're going to uh, combat it? You know, in addition, like I said, with the Army here at Fort Bragg, the urinalysis, the training, uh, the, the pretty much retraining military personnel to not be so short-tempered or short-sighted to think, oh, it's just uh, some old nut or fool goofing off to recognize the signs, that screams a lot. The Navy has gotten to the point that, that like I said, uh, that report showed that the psychologists and, and uh, the, the, the hospital foremen are, are so overwhelmed and stressed 
that they're not going to retrain the hospital foreman technicians to be mental health technicians. So that's another title, another job up under the hospital foreman's job description. They're going to have to go get training on how to deal with and how to spot someone that has a mental health crisis or having a mental health moment. Now, as if all of that wasn't enough to, to raise your eyebrows, scratch your head, or maybe send a prayer up for the military personnel. Came out last week. The military as a whole is having a recruitment problem. They can't recruit enough people. Their numbers. And, and, and this may be a conservative number. I think this is a conservative number. I swear I do. Uh, the Army came out and, and, and they said that they're having... Um, a problem with their recruitment. Their recruitment numbers have fallen. Uh, they're falling short 15,000 15, in their recruitment numbers, and that's 25% short for, for 2022. What's the problem? Well, here's the problem is mental health. There it is again. And vaping. Maybe not a controlled substance, but it is a drug that is addictive to nicotine. In it. And apparently also it isn't just the nicotine they're concerned about. Those diff different flavor uh, cartridges or, or that go into these e-cigarettes or, or vaping pens. Apparently those flavors, those flavored uh, are chemicals. They can spur on lung disease. Extremely fast. High rate. So the young folks, they have mental problems, mental health problems, and now drug use. Also in those vape, those vape pens, you can uh, get you a little bit of THC, marijuana. That's another problem. So the health of these people or these young recruits, when they come to the military or, or quite possibly to be recruited, is a problem. They have a problem. They can't keep up, mentally or physically, apparently. They just can't keep up. Uh, dare I say, if you're vaping, <laughs> you ain't going to be able to pass that PT for the military, any branch. You just aren't. You, you, you just aren't. You're not going to be able to pass that. That's that's a given. It just is. just is. Now, like I said, uh, the, the, the Army acknowledged that for last year, they were $15,000 down, 15,000 recruits down. Uh, that's a conservative number. It just is. And they've said that fall, that fell 25% short of uh, what they were hoping for or aspiring for. Now, why they say they're having a recruitment problem, and it makes sense. It just does. Uh, not everyone wants to do this military thing. Get it, got it, understand it. But um, they're experiencing high competition with the job market now. A lot of tech jobs. Uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, a lot of folks, they, they don't want to go on the clock and they don't want to go in the military. And they're having an increasingly competitive benefits in the civilian sector. A lot of folks have gotten those, a lot of these companies have gotten those benefits up. So they've made it extremely competitive. You know, years ago, 
a lot of the civilian companies, the benefits, you would have to work a while before you got those benefits, six months to a year. But now it appears you can get it coming out the gate or at bare minimum, 30 days. You got full benefits. Vision, dental, medical, 401k. Hey, why join the military? Why not go to a technical school or college and get your training and then go into the workforce? You no longer have to sit there and join the military. Because that's what the military was, see, was geared toward or seemed like it was for, was for those regular old Joes who uh, couldn't do the school thing or couldn't find a decent job out here in the civilian world at that time. So they joined the military. Three hots in a cot with a steady paycheck. Or paychecks, first and the 15th. Yeah. Military has a bevy, a bevy of problems. Uh, recruiting, the drug use, the drug abuse, the drug overdoses, and the suicides. Wow. Where's our defense? Like I said, if you think it to yourself, well, that'll never happen. Can't happen. If you don't have enough military personnel to put up that defense, and nobody could anybody could just walk in and do what they want to. And they will. I'm not trying to be one of those conspiracy theorists here. I'm just not. It's just something to think about. If it's, got, if it's gotten this bad that the young recruits are committing suicide, and those that aren't committing suicide, they're using these heavy drugs on base while still being active duty. We haven't even dove into or dived into the veterans that are experiencing mental health crisis yet. Now, I'll do that on the next podcast because that's uh, a lot of help is, is getting geared and going towards those veterans that need mental help. I, I'll be the first to tell you. You know, I, I have this SSS shirt on. I don't know if you guys can see it. Uh, it was from a, a Facebook challenge with, with uh, for the burpees, which was for Stop Soldiers Suicide last year. I'll be doing another one this year also. We, we've got to get a handle on this problem uh, before it gets any worse. It's already worse. Before it gets any worse, we have a huge problem in this country with our military and our military personnel and our veterans. We all know how... Uh, Historically, how this country has treated its veterans. Looks like they might quite possibly could be getting the help they need, uh, as opposed to these politicians popping up from time to time, every three, four years. Yeah, rah, 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 shish, boom, bah. We're going to donate. We're going we're gonna to give this to the veterans. That is a shame. They're our veterans. They're our first line of defense. Now it's looked like somehow, some way, somebody's finally called these guys to the carpet, and they got to put up. Been a long time coming. So yeah, in another podcast, I'll, I'll be talking about the uh, veterans also and the, the mental health that they need. Mental and drug health. Because as we all know, like I said, uh, when these wars are over, uh, a lot of these milita ex-military personnel, they come home with a drug addict. And that needs to be addressed. And it has to be addressed. That spurs on the mental health also. Everything, it, it appears now that... Uh, the military, it does mirror society. At one point in time, there was a clear separation between military life and civilian life. 
just like I said earlier, uh, with the recruitment process of explaining to these young recruits about what they're going to do, the, the, the bells and whistles and stars and stripes and banner of the joy and fun they're going to have. And then when they get in there, they, they realize, wait a minute, this ain't what I signed up for. So they're going to have to contend with that. Uh, I think the recruiters, honestly, tell the truth. Tell them, yeah. You are going to have the time of your life. It is going to be something you're going to remember for the rest of your life. The camaraderie you're going to have with the men and women you serve with, it's going to be unparalleled and unmatched to any type of bond you can have in your adult life. But <laughs> you're going to grind. And we're going to get in your mix. Many days, multiple times a day. Don't take it personally. It's just the military way of life. Got to have your military sound and ready before you hit that fleet. Just do. Just do. Well, I'm going to get out of here today. I'm going to get out of here today. I'm off. I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit. I just am. I just am. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Uh, Anchor, which I'm sharing this with, also has a great feedback where you could leave a voice response. Also, now on YouTube, hit like I said, wherever you're streaming, also hit that like and subscribe button and also get in the comments and let me know what you think. I'm also going to be placing in the uh, description box some uh, links to some, some help for those uh, veterans and active duty military personnel. So if you know someone that's experiencing that mental health or that drug use or drug abuse problem, that's a veteran, pass it on, pass it on. Uh, you can also, like I said, make monetary contributions. You can continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. My name is Stephen Carnegie. For this is just a thought. Amen.